Hi, everyone. I hope you all are doing well this week. For this week's episode, I'm really excited to have some guests for the very first time on this podcast to be part of a finance slash lifestyle panel. And I don't want to take up too much of the time introing them. They're some of the most amazing women that I've met through my current internship with Girls Who Invest, and I'm so proud to call them my friends as well. So I'm just going to hand the mic off to them to introduce themselves. So give me your 15-second elevator pitch. Um, hi, my name is Vanessa Richards. I go to Utah State. Um, I'm majoring in finance and economics, and I'm originally kind of from Arizona, and I'm really happy to be here. <laughs> Hey, my name is Anduja, and I go to the University of Texas at Austin, and I'm majoring in finance with minors in sustainability and public policy. Hi, my name is Abarati. I'm from Dallas, Texas. I go to Texas A&M University. I'm majoring in business honors and finance with a minor in psychology. Okay, hi, my name is Carla. I go to the University of Florida. I am majoring in finance, and I'm minoring in accounting, and I'm getting a master's in science of finance, and I'm also from Florida, near Miami, South Florida, Fort Lauderdale. Go Gators. Okay, so my first question for everyone here is, why do you want to have a career in finance? I know a lot of you are studying finance, but what inspired you to study finance in college, and why have you decided that a career in finance, specifically a lot of us are going into um investment management this summer why did you decide to apply to this internship all that sort of stuff okay so I feel like originally I didn't really know what I wanted to do like going into college um I've always really liked math like I remember in high school I whenever I was in a bad mood my friends would just be like it's okay Vanessa like you're going to math class and always maybe it like okay I know that's like a cringy story slash memory (laughs) stop laughing at me should I restart Okay, um, but yeah, I've just always really liked numbers, but I also really like the people side of things too, um, so I kind of originally just went into finance c- as a placeholder because I didn't really know what I wanted to do, but um, when I started taking finance classes, I really enjoyed it, and I've just kind of gotten, like, the more I've gotten to know about the field, I've just gotten more and more interested, um, but I don't know. I feel like I'm kind of navigating it alone just because, like, I don't, I'm not really familiar with this entire field just because no one in my family's in it like my dad's a psychiatrist my mom stays at home and I have like all my uncles are like dentists or lawyers or something like that so I just I really don't know anyone that's in this field so just trying to figure it out so starting the senior year of high school I think I really was stuck in a rut I had done a summer program and that entire program was based upon social impact and how people in society can create social change. And I knew I was going to major in finance because it would provide me a solid foundation of business knowledge. Um, But I applied to many schools with completely different majors. I applied for social policy, philosophy, politics, economics, engineering, finance. I ended up picking UT because it was the most financially responsible decision. But even then, I was still stuck and I was like, how is it possible to create change in an industry that's only focused on profits and numbers? And while that is true to some extent, I realized that finance is a lot broader than I originally thought it would be. 
I wanted to do law at first because I really thought there was no hope within finance to create positive change in the world. But as I'm exploring different asset classes and industries and talking to more professionals within finance, I've realized that every part of finance has direct impact on millions of lives in the world. And it's a job that doesn't only provide you with capital, but it provides you with power. And anyone who has power has the ability to create change, whether that's through monetary power or through social power, there is power to it. And so that's why I'm here. That's why I am pursuing finance. Moving on, I think my story kind of combines Induja's and Vanessa's in the sense that <coughs> before college, I also didn't really know what I was going to major in. Finance was honestly a process of elimination for me. Both of my parents are engineers, and my younger brother wants to be a doctor, so business is kind of also not in the family. But I really thought when I was exploring options within my business school, I thought finance was the most similar to who I am. I really liked numbers and the analytical side of things, so I knew that I didn't want to let go of that in my career. But also, um, I love talking to people. I love building relationships, and I think (coughs) a career in finance really values that, and that is such an important skill to have, I believe. It's a soft skill that that I feel is necessary in every profession, especially finance. So just being able to interact with people uh, throughout my career and making new relationships and expanding my circle was very appealing to me. And also, I believe that with finance, you get, uh, for at least most careers in finance, you get a lot of responsibility early on. And I think for me, I realized that I have the least amount of, (coughs) I guess, obligations or duties right out of college so I wanted to invest as much as I can early on in my career and that is really what appealed to me about finance I'm very excited and I think honestly things just ended up working out in college one program after the other Um, and very grateful to be here at Girls Who Invest and just getting to learn so much about the finance industry learning about career paths that I honestly didn't even know that existed before coming here so very grateful for this opportunity and now handing it off to Carla. So for me actually I went into UF as a pre-med student but I was always considering finance um, mostly because I have like this dream of starting my own business and really just owning a company and making a great impactful change in the world. So yeah, I was pre-med and then I quickly realized that like 12 years of schooling to become a doctor and going into debt was not for me and that it would just really take too much of my life and I want to prioritize people and family in my future. So I realized that you could still have a positive impact with finance and by, you know, basically just making a lot of money and sharing your wealth and making great decisions. So that is what quickly led me to finance. And I also liked, as Ava stated, that you are put with so much responsibility so quickly, so early. And it just really gets you, allows us to have a jump start to our life. And yeah. So now we're going to move on to solo questions that are a little bit person specific. I've 
had the opportunity to really get to know um, a lot of the people or everyone that's sitting here. Um, and so there's a couple specific things that I want to ask them about in relation to like their career and their life goals in general. Um, so starting with Vanessa, you moved around a lot as a kid. Um, how do you think that's positively impacted you long term and impacted the way that you see your future in terms of goal setting and even like your agility and adaptability? Um, yeah, so this is something I've actually thought about a lot. I also have siblings that are close in age with me that kind of went through the same thing. And I don't know, I, moving around a lot was definitely really hard. I mean, I moved, I went to four elementary schools, three middle schools and two high schools. And so I was just all over the place and it, it was really tough. I mean, there were times when I was like, this is so unfair. I was mad at my parents, especially moving in high school. But I think that now, looking back, I, I'm i really grateful for my experiences because not only have I been friends with so many different types of people of every different race, every different religion, family background, socioeconomic status, and it's taught me so much. And I think even every place I lived, um, like the different culture, even within the United States, is very it's, ver- it's a very unique experience. Um, And I think because I've had all these incredible examples of so many different types of people, it's kind of changed my outlook on how I see myself in my future. Um, I, like, for example, I mean, even just within my family, like my mom, she grew up very differently from me. And she, she decided she wanted to be a stay-at-home mom, and I think that's awesome. And she also has just shown me how to be, like, a strong woman. And I'm a very, like, I... I'm a full-on feminist. I love, like, woman power. And I've also known a lot of other women, like my friends' parents, who also exemplify that women power in different ways, like in their career, for example. Um, And I think because of that, I've really been able to kind of choose what I want to do for my own life rather than just being um, in one spot around the same people my entire upbringing. And so I think because of those... um, those relationships I've developed throughout the years has kind of just made me who I am today. So, yeah. Thank you for that. Um, my next question is for Induja. So on my last episode about sort of going through this, the process of quote unquote recruiting, but also just generally trying to figure out my life goals. I talked a little bit about how I met someone here that, focused a lot on happiness. Um, and so that person is Induja. Um, and so I kind of want to ask you about that. Like, how does your philosophy on prioritizing happiness impact a career in finance, which I think a lot of times is sold as a career where you don't have a lot of time to do things that make you happy. And also I know that prioritizing the well-being of others, as you've already stated, is really important to you. So how does that connect to happiness and a career in finance, which is also a field that is oftentimes painted as very self-centric. Okay, so this was definitely a pretty broad question, but I'm going to try my best to break it down into a few parts. So I think I have to start with my own philosophy, and I'm going to go about this in a pretty morbid way, but it'll make sense as I explain. So if my life were to end suddenly tomorrow... In the last minute of my life, the moments that would flash before me would be the birth of my sister, young memories I made with my parents, 
the places we traveled and a lot of people's faces, the pictures of different places that I've been in my life. I've had the privilege of traveling a lot and that would probably be something. And then most importantly, obviously my family and keeping that in mind, I don't think there's any better way to understand yourself than introspection and reflection. You're not going to understand yourself by asking other people what they think you should do. It is really something that you have to think about. And regarding what I just said, I try to hold that. I know that's going to be true no matter where I go. And so I never want to be in a position in my life where if my life were to end suddenly, I have regret because I wasn't able to make those people happy and I wasn't able to make myself happy as re- as a result of that because in the end so far in my 19 and a half years of existence the things that have made me happy the things I would remember would be the people the memories and the places so now connecting that to how does that fit in finance I think what I always try to remember is that I'm entering finance because I want to do good for the world. I really do want to use the power of monetary policy and fiscal capital and provide generational lasting change. Like I don't care about creating impact for the people in the world today. I want to make sure that that impact is felt even after I'm not there. Something that can be set in stone, something that can be looked back upon that is something that I want to do in my career and finance is a path for me to get there I don't think that I want to spend my 40s and 50s in a hedge fund I probably want to get involved in policy and global economic global economics by then so before I get to all of that I really have to understand the nitty-gritty and I'm excited to be working at an asset management asset manager this summer it happens to be the world's biggest asset manager and that comes with a lot of benefits including the fact that you not only get to learn so much about asset classes and securities and industries but you also get to cover multiple geographies and currencies and as a result of that you develop a very macroeconomic view of the world that goes not only into your work but also ultimately changes the way you look at the world on a personal level and I don't think there's any other way to get that kind of outlook on the world than in finance because regardless of whether or not you do asset management or investment banking or wealth management or anything, the sheer amount of responsibility you have in a deal involving millions and sometimes billions of dollars and that also has the stake of multiple companies, peoples, and lives there is no better way to look at the world than than from a position in finance because it it is not only a position that involves a lot of big numbers but is one that involves a lot of responsibilities which is what abba said and i've just always realized that i know i don't want to stay in finance for long but i want to do it enough to where i can understand it and no one will ever be able to question my credibility because I know what I'm talking about I know how the actions of one company the actions of one deal can trickle down economically and socially into communities of need and into the everyday lives of people and so how will I find happiness in a career in finance I think it's possible I think that 
at the end of the day, so far in my life, I love materialistic things. There is happiness associated with them, but my happiness has come from other things. And I think it's just up to me to keep remembering that. Um, I think also another way that I that I find happiness by myself is also creating structure. I want to see and I want my first job to be no more than two years. I want to go back to school, get an MBA, also probably get a master's in international affairs. There's a couple of MBA schools that provide that. And I think that doing that kind of education will open up my doors because change is always needed. And as soon as you start feeling comfortable, it's a red flag. You should start doing something about it. Education is the best way to create change. You will be questioned. You will be challenged. You will fail. You will really really fail a lot and pick yourself back up because without education there's just no room for improvement in life and I really think that graduate degrees can offer that and so I think that having that structure keeping my values close to myself is really the main way I want to go about finding happiness and I think if I stick to that then I just will be ultimately fulfilled because I found time for myself but also prioritize those goals. I absolutely love what you said at the end there about education. I'm sure anyone that's been listening to more than a couple episodes of my podcast will know that financial literacy is really the reason that I started this podcast. I always talk about how time is the most important asset to me. And I believe it's like the most important asset in the world because when you have the time to learn something or do something and you're able to share that knowledge or use that knowledge to help others, that's a lot more powerful than just handing off money or whatever it is. Um, But another thing that I've talked a lot about on this podcast is sort of developing your career journey. And actually, Vanessa and I were talking a little bit about it earlier today, but finance is one of those industries where you don't really have a set career journey. Um, Like, for example, if you think about becoming a doctor, there's obviously a path that you have to follow. So at least 10 to 15 years of your life are mapped out for you. You just get into medical school, you do your residency, everything like that. And so for Abba, I have a very specific question for you because Abba is actually going to be an investment banker at UBS next summer. Um, All of us are super excited for her, but (laughs) my question for you is we haven't done our internship for the summer. We start in about a week. How did you know investment banking was the right decision for you? And what advice do you have for people who are trying to sort of balance the quick flow of recruiting that finance has in terms of deciding what offers to go with or what specific teams to join and things like that? Um, I want to first start off by saying that the points that Induja made when she was talking are extremely essential. I think personal happiness is something that we all need to find and that can be different for every person, but I think that is so essential to a successful life and kind of also touching on um, Nidhi's question. So yes, I am pursuing career investment banking and personally, uh, freshman year when I took some finance classes and accounting classes, I realized that I really liked it. I started exploring my options, but realistically speaking, when you're coming from a state school, it is definitely much more difficult to get into careers such as private equity and stuff which I would say like which attracts most of the finance majors um, since it's such a new and up up and coming field but my school had some really good um, just had some amazing investment banking organizations and 
I decided to apply and just see what happens and kind of uh, what I said before things just fell into place I got into the programs that I had gone out for which I'm extremely grateful for and I think getting into programs such as Aggies on Wall Street and Horizons uh, both uh, which are investment banking prep orgs at my school I think both of them really guided me in understanding truly what investment banking means and allowed me to meet professionals and mentors in the uh, in the finance space right now that have either had past experiences investment bankers or know people that are and I think that truly under let me to understand what banking is because banking is just so different it is not something that can be taught to you in a class you can take a billion classes but until you hear someone's experience you really don't know what it's like so personally for me I think a lot of my understanding came from networking and um, just communicating with a lot of our alumni, even GWI alum, and I think that really allowed me to understand what banking was. And honestly, I'm still going going into it pretty blind. I have not been, I've not even had a single experience, even remotely close to what banking is like. But I really enjoyed the aspects of the job, the technical side of it. I've heard over and over again that banking really allows you fine-tunes your technical understanding. And kind of going off of my point from before, I really just wanted to invest a lot early on in my career. And I think banking would allow me to get, will just give me a really, really good technical toolkit, which can be extremely useful if I potentially want to pursue a career um, either in asset management or private equity later on. So that was my main reasoning for going into banking, and I think a lot of the organizations have a really good, um, have a, have really streamlined the process and have fine-tuned it, and there's a lot of help along the way to get you to those places. So kind of touching on the recruiting aspect of invest investment banking, I think there's three main parts. The first part is networking. I think networking is extremely crucial. And networking is essentially when you either cold call or you reach out to professionals that you know in the industry, you set up calls with them, you set up coffee chats with them, and you essentially just talk with them about their experience and they become mentors to you, they connect you with people that, th that they know and this is how you build your network. By doing so, potentially there's people that could vouch for you at the firm and that is how a lot of people will get their first round offers and even their super days. So the more people you know at the firm, the better for you because you're more, more likely to get that offer secured. I think the second part of investment banking interviews that's extremely important is the technical aspect. Technicals in my head are more like a checkpoint and not how well you know them. If you're able to answer majority of the technicals that are being asked to you, that is just a requirement. It's okay to mess up, but I think, especially if you're not from a target school, fine-tuning those and spending as much time as you can, getting those down and understanding them fully is really, really important because they will go extremely hard on you and that is the one aspect of the entire process that is fully under your control and you can prep as early as you want and i think banking recruiting is honestly a very strenuous process i have had a lot of friends that have gone through the process and i've seen that it can take a toll on people so i think just remembering that 
it is not the end of the world and I think just having a really good support system around you t having people that you can rely on that ca that you can talk to during the entire process is essential and I believe that it can be done and I kind of touching on the aspect of being a woman in the entire process there are definitely banks to this day that are male dominated and sometimes you will be looked down on just because you're a woman but I think it is the industry is definitely evolving and changing and it's catching up with the times but I think that is just one more aspect that we have to deal with and I think that is just something that we can work on together and it's definitely changing but it can be tricky so that's just something to keep in mind too and was there anything else that you would like to touch on okay um, that was super helpful. Um, as someone who actually, a lot of the information that Abba just mentioned, I did not know about before as someone who is not in business school. And so I think what she talked about in terms of networking, it's also really important to reach out and try to find people to mentor you, even if they can't offer you things like positions. And so of course, if you all ever need any help, like anyone that's listening to this podcast, or you want me to connect you to one of the amazing women on today's panel um I would be more than happy to do that and I know they would be more than happy to help because there are so many people that have helped us on our journeys and this whole process at Girls Who Invest is really about that mentorship and network building um but my last personal question is for Carla I have so many questions for Carla I feel like we could do a whole podcast episode that's just on fitness because Carla is an actual gym god she is legendary um but I think that one of the questions that I think will address like a lot of the various parts of her life is you talked a little bit before about wanting to have your own business kind of in the same vein as what Abba was talking about. There's no set path in finance. So how did you come to the conclusion that you one day want to own your own business? Do you have any idea what it's going to be about? And um, yeah, sort of how did you come to that decision? First of all, thank you so much for calling me a gym god. Actually, Nitty is also an absolute <laughs> fitness icon. She needs to start her own gym influence channel or influence podcast. Um, but back to me starting my own business. So I feel like I've always just enjoyed being in control of things. Not, not in a bossy way, but rather knowing that my work has a direct impact on others is really something I get a sense of fulfillment from. And I feel like if I was able to start my own business that obviously centers around a great mission for helping others would really sort of itch that scratch of, you know, fulfilling myself and being happy. Um, as to what my business would be, um, so as Nidhi was saying, I do love the gym. I do love health and fitness. And that is mostly because I have type 1 diabetes, uh, which was I was diagnosed with seven years ago. And that really ignited a passion within me of fitness and nutrition and health. And I would like love to become like an advocate for the condition and love to sort of be like a spokesperson for health. And so I've always, you know, I've jumped around but what business ideas I want to do. But I don't know yet what I want to do. I just know I want it to be like a good impact for others. And that's why I chose finance as a career, specifically private equity. I'm going to intern in private equity. I'm hoping to continue with that because I feel like that's the best way to understand how to make a company successful. And once I know how I can make my own company successful, then I'll start like narrowing down my options as to like 
what specifically do I want this company to do? And like even now, GWI has like low key inspired me to start like a nonprofit organization if I become super successful. Like I just think it's so cool that SEMA created GWI and it's just going to live on forever even after like, I mean like even after like maybe she's gone. Like that's just like such a wonderful and amazing thing. And yeah, that is it. So for those of you who don't know, Seema Hingarani, I always mess up her last name, um, is the founder of GWI. She's a managing director at Morgan Stanley. Um, Sorry, I was just looking at everyone to verify that information. Um, But she's an absolutely amazing woman. She came to speak with us on our first day here. um, And her goal and her vision for women in finance, the research that she did, we really have a positive impact on the field, on businesses in general. The more women, the more diversity that you have in your business, the better the outcomes are. And that's backed up by so much research. But all of us are just super excited to be part of this program. So I guess my next group question kind of that everyone's going to answer is, what do you think is the most important thing you've learned from this experience so far? We're about three weeks in. Um, and it can be either personal or academic. Um, and this is going to be like the last serious question. And then we'll do some rapid fire fun questions for everybody. So, okay. Honestly, I feel like there are just so many things that I have learned while being here. I feel like I've really developed a lot and kind of gotten out of my comfort zone a ton. I, but overall, I think the biggest thing is just learning, how to show my confidence. Um, I mean, I, I knew that this program was like hard to get into, but I didn't realize how hard. And so I think being here and being surrounded by such amazing women that are ambitious and dedicated and care about their future, it kind of just showed me like, you know, maybe I do fit in, in that category. And before, like, even though I've always tried my hardest, I, I've always felt kind of less than, Um, And I don't know, maybe that's just because I've always been surrounded by men and finance. But um, I don't know. I think I just really kind of gained more confidence, which is a long journey that I'm still have a long way to go. But I just I've really enjoyed just being surrounded by um, just so many awesome people. And I'm just I'm looking forward to working in finance because I think I'm just going to meet more and more amazing people and um it's kind of just solidified even more that this is like where I want to be and this is what I want to do so I think that's the biggest thing yeah so I think the biggest value added benefit that Girls Who Invest provides on SIP scholars specifically is the community and there's two parts to the community there's the community that you have here your SIP class And then you have your alumni community. So I know Abba can speak on this later, but you can, it is up to you how much you want to use the alumni network that Girls Who Invest gives you. And you can take that however far you want. Um, Previous SIP scholars of Girls Who Invest are in like uh, incredibly committed to making sure that you are supported safe because the entire purpose of girls who invest is to increase confidence and make it a safe space so there's that aspect where you have years and years and years worth of women above you older than you wiser than you 
in greater professional settings than you i think one girl to invest alum just got forbes 30 under 30 um and i know seema was like raving about it on linkedin i just read it i think so the, the second part i was going to talk about is your sip class i think people really underestimate what it's like to be surrounded by people who think the same as you and have the same values as you i think in college you find a lot of people who think the same as you and you agree on a lot of things, you have a lot of common interests, you like doing the same things, but your values are different. There's not that many people in the world who really, really care about making an impact. And I really think that when I've had open conversations and open dialogue with my SIP class, I really think that the women here care a lot about social issues that are happening in this day and not only care but are going to make a change on it through finance that is another thing that's also really hard to find women going into finance who care about social causes and care about using finance to effectively solve those social crises so it's really it's really really great um the sip class and i also think um another part of the sip community is also meeting supportive women I don't think I felt like this supported by only women like I'm only surrounded by women I only talk to women every single day on a day-to-day basis and I've only been talking to them about my worries my happiness my concerns and I really think women underestimate the power that they have for other women and the there's just an unlimited amount of support that you can give to another woman that um that isn't talked about enough also i remember one of our speakers said that there's a special place in hell for women who don't help other women and i will take that quote to my grave i think girls who invest has provided a amazing community of women and i've never felt more supported before in my life honestly in my orgs back home there definitely are women but it's so male dominated that even though we support each other for the most part i feel like i'm interacting with guys and there's nothing wrong with that but there's a really good sense of familiarity knowing that the women that i'm meeting in girls who invest are going into essentially the same career field that i am also going to be pursuing a career in and i think that is really rewarding and just can completely change um how you feel in that field i think feeling lonely and kind of low is something that has been experienced a lot especially in the investment banking career so i think i will really be leveraging the relationships i've made in girls who invest but something that i want to also touch on um talking about the value added aspect of girls who invest for me i think the biggest takeaway up until now um has been the unlimited possibilities i have with a degree in finance i truly had no idea all the career paths i could go to i thought the general route was investment banking then do do like maybe one or two years in banking you could go to private equity or you could go get your mba so for me coming here has opened my eyes to so many career paths that i feel like i would really be successful in 
that could potentially also follow the path that I previously mentioned. But also there's so many other firms and just seeing how spread out people are. I thought my career was going to be in New York for a couple of years. And if anywhere else, it would be back in Texas like near my family but I've just realized that there are finance firms if not all across the country all over the world and I am I can do so much more with my degree in finance so and yesterday I was talking to Induja about this and she mentioned that I would really be interested in growth equity and that is something that I have never considered before as a career path and now I'm really excited to explore that And I think it's just so amazing how candid and helpful women are in this program. And I will continue to rave about this program probably 20 years into my career because this has really been a pivotal point in my life in both in my personal development and in my professional development. (coughs) So these three amazing women absolutely said amazing things. I mean, uh, including, of course, the host of this podcast. Absolutely amazing things. And I do not want to sound repetitive because I don't know if I can add much. So I'll just highlight and maybe just, you know, add a little different perspective. I think a lot of the listeners out there are probably thinking, oh, that's so cheesy that the best takeaway is community. But I can defend that by saying education can literally be learned on a Google search now. And it's really not that hard or deep to like really train yourself if you really want it finance you can learn it yourself there's nothing special about the education we're learning here like let's be real because knowledge is literally at our fingertips so of course the thing that makes it special is the community and the women who make this program amazing and the fact that we were all handpicked because we all stood out somehow from our university and all and it shows by like everyone's values and their dedication to their studies and work and for me what's really special is that We're all different. We all come from different backgrounds, from different schools, states, religion. And yet, like, we still come together and have fun and form a community. And it's just really beautiful and lovely. And I hope to stay friends with all these amazing people for the rest of my life, forever and ever. I have to say, I think what Carla said was so, so important. Um, I think even when Seema was giving her speech at the beginning of our program, she said that they really tried to look for people that were kind. And on the first day, I thought that that was honestly complete BS um, because especially when you're looking at environments, fields where there are limited seats at the table for women, so often we are pit against each other and we fall into that because you really think, because, because truly it is every man for himself. And when you have no vested interest to care about the people around you, why would you, you know, you're just fighting for yourself, trying to make a name for yourself. And after coming here, the people that I've met here, not just these women, but also everyone else that is part of this program, they're all just so kind and they really do care about other people. We work on things together. When I, as someone that was not good at technical, well, I did not even do technicals before this. Let's just be honest. I could barely link the three financial statements together and I had taken accounting. I just have to say that last night we were working on technical questions, all of us together. And it was these women that literally clapped for me in this room when I was able to understand what $10 of accrued compensation would do to three financial statements. And, um, 
little shout out to Carla. She's giving a speech on Friday at our Bloomberg offsite. And we are all going to be in the front row cheering her on. And I think it's so important what she said about the fact that you really can learn anything on the internet. So what is the point of going to college? What is the point of being at a program like this? And it's being surrounded with people who are going to help you absorb that information, who are going to uplift you, who are going to act as your sponsors and mentors and allies in these spaces that are male dominated. Um, but that was all very dramatic. Um, this is honestly the longest episode we've had on this podcast and I'm absolutely living for it. But just to end off on like a really fun note, um, we're going to do three rapid fire questions. Um, I'm just going to hand the mic to everyone and you're going to answer all three at the same time. The first one is first book. The second one is pineapple on pizza. Yes or no. And the third one is cereal first or milk first. Vanessa. <laughs> okay. Sorry. Y'all. I meant favorite book, not first book. Everybody was looking at me like, what is this girl talking about? Hopefully your first book was the ABCs, but Vanessa, you can go first. <laughs> okay, favorite book. I think it's called Educated. I know I should know the title of it. <laughs> I know I should know the title of it, but it's so good. It's one of those books like I could not put it down and I read it very fast. But anyways, um, no pineapple on pizza. That's disgusting. Fruit should not be warm ever. And except pie, I guess. Okay, but anyways, um, what was the last question? Okay, if you say milk first, you have issues. <laughs> Definitely cereal first. Um, so, yeah. Okay. But seriously, no milk first. That's disturbing. Okay, so my favorite book. <laughs> I was going to say a really stupid finance answer, but I'm not going to. My favorite book was the selection series in middle school because I, back when Google Plus was a thing, I was a big part of the selection series community online. <laughs> and I probably met Ava on the Google Plus community, but we didn't know. But I w I'm a huge fan of it. I really think that there's so many things in life that are so serious. Like, be a kid again. I reread all the series back when COVID was a thing, and I was never happier. I felt so connected to, to my middle school stuff, and I realized why I fell in love with romance novels and teen love novels um but on a most more serious note one of my other favorite books is called charged it goes over two people stuck in the okay it's called charged it basically covers two um youths and their journey through the american incarceration system and it really really opens up a lot of perspectives and it teaches you it, it goes it goes in a very personal tone and it really makes you question um, capitalism, societies, governments. These are real people. They're real stories. Um, OK, um, next question was pineapple on pizza. Yes. Um, when I go to make your own pizza places, I always ask for extra, extra pineapple on the pizza. I, I love it. You can't it, it's it's really amazing and then milk versus cereal i am a milk first girl i did milk first all because i i heat up my milk and so no let me let me finish talking so i i always drink hot milk um throughout growing up and it was usually with bonbetta or something. But if it was with cereal, I still obviously had to heat it up. And I I just I just always put milk first. And then when I put 
cereal on the milk it really allowed me to see like how much cereal i was putting in so yeah okay i also just want to add um there's another book called it ends with us (laughs) it's so basic i know but it is it completely changed my perspective on abuse like so much (laughs) also about educated um it's not like a scholar book it's really good it's about this girl who grew up in this really like yeah, anyways, I don't want to ruin it, but it's really good. Also, Indusia's insane. Um, so I think my favorite book, I would say my middle school self would say it, Selection Series also, because it's just so good. I also reread the series during COVID. Team <laughs> Yes. Um, but on a more serious note, I think a book that I read recently kind of changed my perspective on things was Atomic Habits. Um, I don't know why. I think it's just, like, a really good reminder uh, to get up and, like, change the little things in life that you don't really know are part of your routine. And it was a really good wake-up call for me personally. And on the fiction side of things, the recent book that I read also was It Ends With Us. And I think that book also highlighted uh, what abuse how abusive relationships can be and how difficult it might be for some people to get out of it. So I think that was a really good book. I am unfortunately a big fan of Pineapple on Pizza too, And for the longest time I wasn't. And I was recently converted like two years ago. So that's exciting. Um, and I believe that cereal should always go first. There's no reason for the milk to go first. You cannot see how much cereal you're adding in if you put the milk first, but that's okay. (laughs) I would like to preface the first question, which is, what's your favorite book? Um, So aside from school books that were required to read, I have probably read four leisurely books in my whole life. Um, So I'm not the best person to ask this question. I know I sound dumb, but I promise I'm not that dumb. (laughs) And my favorite books in middle school, because this was the only time they ever read books for fun, which was like two books, was the Warrior Cat series <laughs> and uh, the False Prince. The False Prince has really stuck with me. I read that in fifth grade, and that's the only book, good book I've ever read. Um, but fun fact, I'm actually reading a book right now because Abba bullied me into doing so, and it's called The 48 Laws of Power, and it will change everyone's life, apparently. On question number two... Yes, Hawaiian pizza is a slap. And I, fun fact, I just tried Hawaiian pizza for the first time about a year ago. And third question, cereal first, milk second, and do just going to jail, jail time. Okay, I'll answer these questions really quickly. Um, favorite book, Born a Crime by Trevor Noah. I absolutely love it. I think I've talked about it before on this podcast. It's about his life growing up in the apartheid in south africa i think it's super insightful and trevor noah is just really funny so best read ever um obviously pineapple on pizza is a yes um it's delicious i i think vanessa's whole argument about fruit not being warm broke down the minute she admitted that like pie is literally warm fruit um so (laughs) cold pie doesn't count because it has to be warm to be cooked um but the last thing was cereal first always um unless you're doing a refill then whatever milk is left you use the cereal on top of that um but yeah that's about it that that's all we have for today's episode um i really quickly just want to end off by 
giving a shout out to all of the wonderful women here. Vanessa is one of the kindest people I've ever met. She literally is so thoughtful. If she hurts you even <laughs> unintentionally in any way, she's <laughs> even if she doesn't hurt you, she's going to be thinking about it for eight business days. She she stepped on Abba's toe and it did affect her for a really, really long time emotionally. Um, and Duja is one of the most grounded people I have ever met. She, like, I think a lot of the stuff in finance, it really makes you think about, like, whether or not you're on the right path. And I feel like she always returns to what has been so true to her. And that is her happiness, her family, things that are important to her. And it's really, really helpful to be around a grounding energy like that in a space where it's really easy to get influenced. Um, Abba is one of the most hardworking people I've ever met. She is just so intelligent and that is quite literally only because of the work that she has put in. I know it sounds like I've known her for months. We, I've literally known these people for three weeks, but her work ethic just shines. And as we've been working, she's, she's also very humble. Everyone's helping with me, helping me with these shout outs. Um, but she really has just been like, so helpful as we've been going through this process. Cause she knows a lot of this stuff because she went through banking recruiting and Carla, I don't even know what to say about Carla because she is just so like, I, I'm trying to think of the word for it. She is like, just like any obstacle that comes through her way, she just works with it and works through it. And she's told us a lot about dealing with diabetes growing up and sort of like everything in relation to that. And we see her every day, like just dealing with it as if it's like a normal thing in her life and the way that she talks about it. And she's just such an inspiring person to be around really because of that. Um, and it really, like, I think being around all these people that have had their, like, various struggles and various backgrounds has really put a lot of things into perspective for me in terms of what's important. And it's this. It's the connections. It's the people that make you happy. And by connections, I don't mean, like, work connections. I mean, like, emotional connections, these bonds that I've managed to form over three weeks, which are stronger than people that I've known for my whole life. So we've talked a lot on this episode. It's going to be, it's going to be insane to edit, um, but... I will see you all next week for another episode. And as per Abba's request, I'm going to end this podcast today with a sleigh.